the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Let's take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. And inside your bulletin, there are some sermon notes. We've looked at Rahab, the story of saving faith. We looked at crossing the River Jordan, liberating faith. Last weekend, we looked at the walls of Jericho, tumbling down, obedient faith. Today, I want to talk to you about that moment when the sun stood still. And we're going to call this astronomical faith. Today we're going to discover what happens when people with audacious faith believe God for the impossible. Faith is not a drug. Some people think faith's a drug that sedates you when you are going through a difficult time. Faith is an immeasurable force that transports you into a world of endless possibilities. I want you to write this down in your notes that God moves in response to bold faith to change impossible situations. As we go through today's sermon, I want you to consider a couple of things just in your mind. First are situations that you're facing right now where you need a miracle. And there are people here today that are facing impossible situations and they need a miracle. So what is, what is the miracle that you need? And you might even write that down on your notes somewhere. But the second thing, I want you to be honest today about your faith. Is your faith sincere? Or is it faltering? Is your faith active or is your faith passive? Is your faith strong or is your faith weak? Our text today, once again, has Joshua front and center. After all, we're studying his letter or his book, Joshua. Joshua was born into slavery, which was the fate of every Jew of his generation. Joshua grew up and experienced firsthand Israel's deliverance from his Egyptian oppressors. And on the journey to the promised land, which this book is about, he rose to a prominent position of leadership as Moses' assistant. And then disaster struck. On the edge of the promised land, Moses, his mentor, dies. And Joshua is put in charge. Now earlier 
Israel had gotten word that this land that they were about to inherit was filled with giants and walled cities. Everyone wanted to turn back, everyone except, of course, Joshua and his trusted friend Caleb. If you remember back in the book of Numbers, before they ever go in, they sent 12 spies. Joshua and Caleb were two of those spies. Everyone came back cowering in fear except Joshua and Caleb. Now, because Joshua's faith, God selected him to lead Israel, to finally enter into that land, to lead Israel to cross over the Jordan River, to conquer Jericho. And then the book of Joshua is a story after story of Joshua overcoming a thousand different hurdles, eventually defeating the giants, overcoming the impossible odds, and allowing Israel to once again settle in the land. Now, one of Joshua's greatest exploits which doesn't get enough airplay, is tucked away in Joshua chapter 10. It's a story that takes astronomical faith to believe, and it takes astronomical faith to duplicate. Joshua chapter 10, as it opens, there are five opposing armies, five armies, enemies of God, that join together to attack Israel. Joshua decides, because he's a military expert to attack the five Amorite armies. In order to do so, he has to get Israel up and they have to march all night long, a 25-mile hike, a 4,000-foot ascent to conduct a surprise attack on those five uh, enemy armies. Uh, From the get-go, the battle plan is going according to plan. The tide turns in Israel's favor. Let's all clap for Israel. The enemy, those five kings, they all flee. Let's thank the Lord for that. And then Israel decides to chase them down. It doesn't let him leave. He's going to chase them down. But a big problem arises. Joshua needs more time. The sun is going to set. And so he prays a prayer. It's an audacious prayer. It's an astronomical prayer. It's only 13 words, but let's read the story. And then we'll go back and dig into it. Amen? Amen. Here's where we begin. Joshua 10, verse 7. So Joshua, everybody say Joshua. And he marched. Everybody say marched. Up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. Verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Everybody go, ha! Yeah, okay, nothing to worry about here. Verse 9. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by. See, he, back in those days, they did not have Chinese spy balloons up in the air. That was funny. (laughs) So he had to come up with this surprise attack. So in the middle of the night, they get up. And again, it's a 25-mile hike. Should have taken two days. They did it in one night. And it's all uphill. 4,000 feet of ascent. And it says, verse 10, that the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Israel then pursued them along the road going up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. 
And as they fled before Israel, these enemy kings on the road down from Bethron to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones. Now, these were not little like hailstones that you see hailstone storms here. These were like hundred pound blocks of ice that fell a hundred miles an hour and just squished the enemies of God. And the Bible says that the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky and more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Interesting. Verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, here's his prayer, it's 13 words. O sun, stand still. Over Gibeon, O moon, over the valley of Ajalon. You've all seen, it fascinates me, certain days of the year where you can see the sun and the moon up in the sky at the same time. This was one of those days. And his prayer was, God, keep the sun where it is, keep the moon where it is, because we still have to chase down these five enemies of, of Israel. So verse 13, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. That is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about how long? A full day. Verse 14. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel and all God's people said, Amen. Now there's a lot here. I don't think we have time to talk about all your questions that you might have. Did this literally happen? Did the sun literally stop? Or did the earth stop spinning? Was this story metaphorical? Was this an eclipse of some sort? What happened to gravity on that day? So there's a lot of questions. But the one question that this story causes me to ask is why don't we pray sun, stand, still prayers like Joshua prayed? That's my question. How can we see God do impossible things when we find ourselves in impossible situations. If I truly believe that God is an omnipotent God, if I believe that, then why don't I pray sun stand still prayers? Well, let me give you three things about astronomical faith. Number one in your notes, write this down. Astronomical faith, first of all, recalls the power of God. If we today want to see the hand of God moving in our world today, We need to put a magnifying glass on the miracles that God did yesterday. Now, you may or may not have noticed this back in verse 7. It says, Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of his best fighting men. And then what does verse 8 say? What's the next verse say? That the Lord spoke to who? Now, you might have, you might have just, that might have gone right over your head. Most of us would have waited for the Lord to speak to us, and then we would have got the army up to march 25 miles all night long uphill 4,000 feet of ascent. That's not what the story says. The story says that Joshua got the army up in the middle of the night and said, let's go. We're marching 25 miles uphill all night long for a surprise attack. And then the Lord spoke to Joshua. And the reason is that Joshua 
didn't need to have a word from the Lord. He already knew the track record of the God that he serves. Joshua had already experienced miracle after miracle after miracle at the hand of God. He had seen the Red Sea part. He saw Israel walk across on dry ground. He experienced the presence of God descending from Mount Sinai. He saw the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. He had seen God miraculously provide manna every day for 40 years out of the middle of the wilderness. He was there when Israel crossed over the river Jordan at flood stage. And he was there when the walls of Jericho collapsed. Write this down. If you want to pray, son, stand still prayers, then we must operate within a theology of the greatness of Almighty God. Before Joshua ever travels towards Gibeon, he knew that thus far, as he looked backward, God had never failed him in his past, so he knew that God would never fail him in the future. Let's march. Let's march. I heard about a guy, he bought a chainsaw. He heard that he could cut wood faster with a chainsaw than with a handsaw. So he went and bought a chainsaw. A week later, he returns to the hardware store. He's tired and he's exhausted. He told the sales clerk, I cut two cords of wood with this chainsaw, but it took me longer with the chainsaw than it did when I was cutting the wood with the handsaw. And the sales clerk said, what are you talking about? Let me see that chainsaw. They went out back. He said, come with me. And the sales clerk started up the chainsaw, and the man said, what's that noise? (laughs) You see, the customer had the chainsaw, but he never turned on the power. Can you imagine trying to cut wood with a chainsaw that had never been turned on? Sometimes we see God moving in other people's lives, and we go, what's that? Well, it's actually the Holy Spirit power of God. You have that power within you. You just never activated it. It's activated by faith. It's just another reason why community is so important, why why being in church is so important. Because when you walk in here and you need a miracle and you look at the person next to you, there's something about being in community here. You go, well, man, if God did a miracle in their life, well, then God can do a miracle in my life. You see someone over here and you say, well, if God, if God saved that person, then God, God can save me. If God can do something supernatural in their life, well, then God certainly can do something supernatural in my life. One of the most common prayers you should ever pray is four words long. And the prayer is, do it again, Lord. You should pray that prayer. When you look at Joseph, who was thrown into a pit by his brothers and left to die, and, you, and God miraculously got him out of that pit. The next time you're in a pit, you should read that story, and then you pray that prayer, do it again, Lord. Amen? When you read in the Bible where God opened up a, a barren womb of a woman named Sarah, and you're trying to have a child, and you feel like your womb is barren, you pray that prayer, do it again, Lord. You can clap at that. When you see Daniel being thrown into a den of hungry lions and God shut the mouths of of those hungry lions and delivered uh, Daniel, the next time you feel like you need to be delivered from your situation, you read the story of Daniel, then you pray to God, do it again, Lord. 
Next time you recall how David was a teenager and he fought the giant named Goliath with just a little slingshot and five little stones. And next time you have a giant coming against you, you read the story of David and Goliath and then you pray that prayer, do it again, Lord. Next time you have that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter that goes astray and leaves the faith, and you as the dad or a parent, you pray for that prodigal son to come home. You read that story where that son decides to come home. That father runs out and hugs that prodigal son. Next time you have a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, you read that story. Then you look up to heaven and you say, Lord, do it again. Astronomical faith recalls the power of God. Number two, write this down. Astronomical faith remembers the promises of God. You always remember the promises of God. We've seen it several times in this whole book where every time Israel had victory, it was based on a promise that God had made. Back in chapter 1, we've looked at this almost every week, God made three promises to Joshua as they went into the land. Promise number one, he said, Joshua, wherever you put your foot, I will give that to you. Number two, your enemies will never, ever defeat you. And number three, I will never leave you or forsake you. Those are three promises that God made to Joshua. We talked about this. I ask you again, if God made those same three promises to you that he would give you every place you put your foot, that no enemy could defeat you, and that you, he would never leave you, forsake you. Would that, would that if, you believe, if you believe, if you believe that, would you take little tiny steps? Or would you take big, bold, audacious steps? Which would you take? Would you take, would you take little, little, my grandson, he's just starting to walk. You know, he walks like this. Would you take little grandbaby steps? Or would you take astronomical steps if you believed in the promises of God? Joshua believed in the promises of God. So when he gets everyone up from Gilgal and says, hey, we're going to Gibeon. Yes, everybody wake up. I know it's 25 miles. I know it's all uphill, 4,000 feet. And yes, I know it's in the middle of the night. He wasn't worried because he knew every step of those 25 miles that God was going to give him that land. He said, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Everybody say, let's go. Come on, we can do this. Look at verse 7 again. Joshua marched up from Gilgal, his entire army, including all his best fighting men. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Joshua, here's the promise. Do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Before the battle even begins, he says they've already been delivered. And verse 9 says, after an all-night march. Oh, Just because God makes a promise doesn't mean you're not going to have to get out and march a little bit. Just because God makes you a promise of deliverance doesn't mean you're going to have a little tough time. I guarantee you there were some people that were getting ready to go to sleep. It was nighttime. I'm ready to sleep. He wake up. What do you mean wake up? It's time for bed. I know. Get up. We got to march. March. Why? Well, we're going to do a surprise attack. Why? That's the middle of the night. God's already made the promise. I know, but we're marching. Just because God makes a promise doesn't mean you're going to have to go through some difficult times. To see that miracle come to fruition. I want you to pause this story. Just put a pause. And go back 40 years into time. 40 years right when they started to wander around in the wilderness. 
Joshua's predecessor, Moses, is standing in his own valley of opposition against the Amalekites. And in Exodus chapter 17, pay attention to what he says, verse 14. This is 40 years earlier. The Lord said to Moses, Moses, write this down on a scroll. Something to be remembered. In other words, don't ever forget what I'm about to say. Write it, write this down. Oh, 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 oh. And make sure that Joshua hears it. I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from heaven. God made a promise to Moses, but God said, make sure Joshua hears this promise. Because I believe at that moment, 40 years earlier, God is laying the groundwork in Joshua's life that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And you jump forward back to our story, not against the Amalekites, now it's against the Amorites. God whispers to Joshua in verse 8, I've already delivered them into your hand. Joshua knew that God would never break that promise. Joshua can pray a sun stand still prayer because he knew that God is a God that can move mountains in order to keep his word. Write this down. What you ask God for is in direct proportion to your faith in God's ability to keep his promise. So when the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 5, that he will never leave you or forsake you, do you have enough faith to believe that God can keep his word? In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, in Christ, you are a new creation. Do you have enough faith to believe that? Romans 8.28 says that God will work all things together for the good of those who love him. Do you have enough faith to believe that that's true? That no matter what happens in your life, that God can turn it for the good? It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888 818 That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. 
It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. If you're struggling with the loss of a loved one and you feel like you need help to get through it, we are here for you. It's called GriefShare. GriefShare is a friendly, caring group of people who will walk alongside you through one of life's most difficult experiences, the loss of a loved one. You can meet with a support group here at Shepherd Church or with a local group near you. You don't have to go through the grieving process alone. GriefShare support groups are led by people who understand what you are going through and want to help. You'll gain access to valuable GriefShare resources to help you recover from your loss and look forward to rebuilding your life. To learn more about GriefShare, visit griefshare.org to find a support group near you. That's griefshare.org to learn more. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.